Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast with myself, Gary O'Toole. And my guest today is Kishori. Kishori has been with me before as we've talked about the Song of Rahu, her epic poem. And we've been doing this Maps of Consciousness series, talking about Rahu in each of the houses of astrology. And in this episode, we talk about Rahu in the 10th house, the most prominent house, in fact, and really a great place to put Rahu, a great place to put all of our ambitions, in other words, all of our drive and ambition into our career, for example. But the 10th house is any action that we take. It's the house of karma. So Kishori talks about how we can approach Rahu in, in this guise, in this way, and how we can use the illuminating dark lord, as she puts it, um, to really open ourselves up to um, doing things more on purpose, finding our dharma in whatever we do. So I hope you enjoyed the um, conversation. And without further ado, here's Kishori. So welcome back, Kishori. Great to have you here. Yes, delightful as always to spend some time hanging out with you and talking about the, the unspeakable. <laughs> talking about the unspeakable. Well, actually, interesting you say that, because when we talk about Rahu now moving into the 10th house, the most visible of the zodiac, of the mm. horoscope, the, that, the pinnacle in a way, what mm. we would say is, you know, the height that we would achieve whether in career or whatever it is, it's usually career vocation. So it's our work and how visible we are, our status, our reputation. When we place Rahu there, which, you know, is said to be one of its best positions, because, you know, if there were ever, a, a, you know, a place to put all of our ambitions would be into our career, right? Mm. You know, and so it actually does well there. It's said to be a good position for it. Um, but yeah, we can talk about all of that and how that could mix up in all kinds of different ways and sometimes distorted ways. But as you always tell us, Kishori, eventually and ultimately this kind of freedom that we experience. Yes, yes, complete freedom. Freedom from any perception of the mind that there could be anything except magnificence and wonder and awesomeness and the unspeakable, if you like. <laughs> and the idea that Rahu brings anything less than that is well, un unthinkable, really. Mm. Although we do think it, mind I'm, thinks it. The mind thinks, I'm just thinking about what we had just a brief discussion before we started recording and what you were talking about, the shapeshifter Rahu. Yes. Uh, we could say that the 10th house in a way, because it's the pinnacle, because it's the height of our achievements or whatever it is it's like you know you know that i don't know if you know the symbolism of capricorn which is the natural 10th sign of the zodiac it's like the mountain goat getting to the top of the mountain the yes. ambition and the kind of absolute you know grit of getting there in a way it's also this sense of wanting to get there and in a way shape and shaping that journey you know and that journey shaping us as well yes right yes yes as you're talking about it i'm I'm thinking about Hanuman standing on the shores of Bharat and, and wondering how he's going to get to Lanka. <laughs> mm. And the little child tugs his robe and said, oh, Lord, have you forgotten? 
you're immortal. Oh yes, he says, I forgot. And it's there, it's in an instant without thought, without strategy, without, he's there. It isn't even a leap. The leap itself is collapsed in the knowing that he is already there. He is already everything. Well, I mean, well, we can just leave it there then. That's great. <laughs> Next time we'll talk about Rahu in the 11th. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But that is it. Like you said, so the problem is, the problem is, let's again. The mind uh, is the problem. The mind, the mind not rooted in the heart, in the heart field, let's say, um, is that's what the problem is. The mind is not a problem. The mind is an amazing, magnificent tool to make visible the invisible, the unknown, to discover the secret treasure that we all are, hidden treasure. But mind, when it's not rooted in its origin, in its source, is a real pain. I mean, leads us down all sorts of little uh, potholes. Right, right. I mean, when you think about like anyone wishing to be somebody, you know, we think about that phrase even, <laughs> be somebody. Yes. Well, we already are as Hanuman is already there. We already, but the thing is, there's that little apparent perceived gap between being and becoming in form. Mm. And that's, that's our that's, game, isn't it? That's our delight. That's our pleasure. We're always moving. Love always expanding itself to to be more, to be more, to be more. And as I was saying before we began, before we begin recording, is that the, um, the, 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 I don't know. I think it's, I think I have to stop. It's unspeakable. I can't say it. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's interesting. This whole, the whole concept of becoming versus wanting to be somebody believing that you're not enough or you're not it or whatever it is. And that kind of quest that people, we all go, I mean, when I do readings, it's probably, you know, up there with relationships when people ask about, I mean, the two key things that people ask about in readings anyway are relationships and career. Mm. So it's like people are very focused on achieving something in the world, on leaving their mark and being somebody. And, and the, the, the word, the key to beyond this state, to prior to this state, is the, is the allowing. I mean, doesn't, it's the ugly duckliness, if you like, or the... the, the how what is the desire of an acorn to become an oak tree and what where is desire in that mm. you know where is see desire has always got the um the the idea i haven't got therefore i desire to get which is strategic or there's that natural resting in i i am what i am already and if i allow the expression of consciousness will will take me to fulfill to allow that destiny to be fulfilled and it's only the idea that i have not got or i am not that holds it back so i don't know so it's always the that 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 uh, balance between sitting in a cave in the himalaya meditating my life or am i going to live my life and experience it, you know? Do I have to do anything? No, but yes, I must move. Action happens. 
I think this is a key point about Rahu in the tenth more than anything, because I mean you've just put your finger on it. The tenth house is the house of karma of action. Mm. You know, so it's like we have to we 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 have to act. We are in the world. We've we've taken a body. We're we're acting all of the time, even when we choose not to act, as they say. But Rahu can, of course, distort and disrupt that and create these extremes that we keep seeing with Rahu, where it can mm -hmm. be very contracted and it's like I need to achieve something and I'm not getting it. I'm not getting all I want. I'm not all I want or whatever it is. I need to prove myself, for example. And where does that come from? You know, that separation of, again, wanting to be somebody as opposed to simply being. Mm -hmm which seems to be when I, again, do readings for people, Rahu in the 10th can show this striving, this ambition that really drives the person to distraction. And, and, and the way out is to let go. It's just to allow. You know, what's coming to mind is that story of, uh, of Rajneesh. Um, he was a young, powerful young man, and he was, um, he was swimming in the river one day. And he got caught in a, in, a, in a whirlpool and he was drawn down. And instead of fighting, he was so surrendered, he, he let go, hit the bottom of, the, of the, the river and was thrown out immediately in one breath onto the opposite bank. It's that, that how do you allow? What does allowing mean? What does it actually mean? Does it mean sitting in a cave and doing nothing? Or does it mean allowing yourself to be danced by life? I think people get confused between allowing and surrender. Mm. You know, if we, if we talk about it in terms of yoga, like the, the practice of yoga, especially mm -hmm. the physical components mm. of yoga, where it's this sense of, you know, finding that balance between effort and effortlessness. It has to be effortless because if not, mind, separative mind will always put the brakes on because mm. it can't, can't do anything else. And yet, yet there's this dance between these, this realizing the truth when you win, realization is there, there is absolutely nothing to do, but action happens, movement happens. That seems to be, to be a very sort of tantric approach, as opposed yeah. to maybe more the classical yogic approach of very much making lots of effort, that it requires so much effort initially. Exactly. It's just, I've been playing myself with with um i've always been fascinated by martial arts and i i remember when some having a, a, a doing some exchanges with a, a really amazing guy he was and um and he he said something so strange he said we were walking down the stairs from the gallery where we'd been practicing and um and I don't remember what he said, but I remember my answer and I said that's because you believe you're a man in the 20th century, I don't even know when it was, probably before the millennium. And when we got to the bottom of the stairs and we sat in my living room for five minutes, he says, I can't do this anymore. He said, I like my life the way it is. And he said, what you say, pulls the rug every single time. So, <laughs> and then his, his, I guess it was the fear of losing the current identity 
to falling into the bigger identity. But I, it's a game. As, as, as that one consciousness, we came here into this story to, to experience being the littleness as well as the, yeah. but somehow there has to be a way of having both at the same time, of being both at the same time, not losing the awareness. I'm just thinking of that image, you know, the image of Surya, the sun god in the, on the chariot? Yes. Being, being ridden, like, but like the soul being, you know, the sun being the soul, yeah. yes. but then the charioteer in the front, that like you say the little self they're thinking that it's running the show but it's actually it's all of it's all of it exactly but we it, obviously get into our minds that we think we're in control of it so it's it takes all of this massive effort to whatever to achieve whatever and at the same time i, I have this thought in my mind and i don't know where it comes from but this sense of when we achieve anything it's like it really pats the ego on the back and then we could easily hijack that in a way even though we're not the ones our small selves are not the ones making it happen we're maybe getting out of the way of the true self the higher self which has already set it in motion we still have to have some kind of shape some kind of form here some kind of individualized conscious we have to have some shape and i was going back to the the Shaolin martial art thing I've been looking at lately and listening to this particular uh, teacher, guru, whatever, speaking and looking at all the effort that makes that you have to make with the discipline. And I, I, can't, I can't say that I have ever been extremely disciplined. I've been discipled to the heart. I've been doing what I love to do. But it looks, it can look, and to me as well, also in my, my, my little judging mind, says, oh, you're very scattered. You're very, you, you, you know, you don't follow a routine. You don't. Uh, and so <laughs> that's my personal um, uh, dilemma, if you like, wanting to create, we were talking about going to bed on time and creating a, a, going, to, a going to sleep routine. And I probably would go to sleep better if I kept my my stated intention but something and it has to be the rahu energy pulls the rug and does not allow me uh, or i do not allow me to uh, to possess my own discipline or god knows i'm still playing with it so well for me that seems to be because i i can give you my experience of being yeah. in nearly 18 years of this cycle of rahu initially i had such a an energy like the Shakti, like of Rahu, to discipline myself. Like I was so disciplined. Like I would be getting mm -hmm. up every morning at six o'clock and doing two hours of yoga every morning and then getting out my day and so on and so on. But that eventually slipped away. Like you say, it, Rahu pulled the rug. Mm -hmm. And then I had to then realize that actually Rahu's path is not the classic yogic path in a way. Although you could take that path, it's more like you say, you have to, well, I don't know if you say, but maybe you can clarify your uh, thoughts on this. But basically, for me, it's the experience of like the tantric approach that there isn't actually that, anything that I actually have to do. I just need to rest in beingness. And then from that place, I can then do. Absolutely. Um, that's what I feel I know 
but my mind also wants to get some kind of order because I feel a little bit of judgment that says it'd be better. And I use the word keala a lot. And remember, I think that word, which I fell in love with when I realized I had um, an under my ma uh, spoken in context of, of, of under my ma, the Bengali word, spontaneous, whim, fancy. But you can only be really spontaneous if you haven't got the filters on, if you haven't got your, because otherwise, and, and also you have to use a bit of that, that the common sense, because otherwise it would be like, oh, I'd like to fly. Oh, well, I'll just go and stand on the roof and fly. But um, I, there's this, the frequency of flying is not yet, I've not yet downloaded that, I have to confess. <laughs> <laughs> and my common sense or my attachment to being in this particular, particular body and shape-shifting it into, I don't know. I just don't think I'm born yet, you see, Gary. I just don't feel that we are born. And I often say that, feel that. Uh, there's a, that beautiful prayer by a uh, uh, poem, Louis McNeese, uh, I'm prayer before birth, beautiful. And it's like, we, we come and we, we completely erase, except for that little tiny echo. There is nothing to do except follow your joy, follow your bliss, as Campbell said, follow your bliss. But while there's that duty, that duty feeling, you know, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, it would be better if, then, then it, I guess it's my last little bit of struggle, you know, not struggle, but the game of playing uh, with allowing. I mean, look, look at look at a child as a child doesn't have a list of a you know, three-year-old playing in the sandpit. Duty or delight? What is it? Are we here to be discipled to the heart, or are we here to be disciplined, to 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 create structure? I don't know. I always thought of the the my structure should be like skin hmm. that it stretches and it's flexible and uh, I'm talking good. about something that I that, that 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 I can't even speak about really yet. Hmm. Right. It's like that's not downloaded yet, like flying. Not fully, exactly. Though I know there are people and my being always used to uh, when I used to have that communicating energy would say um it's like you, you um, which do you choose do you do this out of love pure spontaneous childlike delight or are you doing it because you've created a structure and yet tram lines railway lines are very useful at times because the mind is still not fully rooted. If I guess the, if we rooted that, then the mind fully, fully into being discipled to the heart, maybe we wouldn't need it. Maybe we just. It, it makes me think of, you know, when someone who is not um, accustomed to being in like an environment like a, a meditation hall or something, or, you know, it's, it's not something they would ever do. 
And so they have no pre preconceived notions about what that means or what would come out of that. I've seen this before where somebody will come into that environment and just simply have this kind of amazing earth shattering experience because they had no expectations. Whereas the person coming in with years and years of practice and effort and all of that, just having a horrible time sitting on a mat, you know, or sitting on a stool, you know. It's like uh, Hess's Nazis and Goldmund. Did you read that one ever? No. What is that? Oh, well, it, it's one of, it's a really beautiful novel. Hermann Hess, Nazis and Goldmund. And, uh, and uh, briefly, it's one, 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 two people, two, two monks in a monastery or brothers. And, and one goes um, out and, and, and Goldmund, he, uh, he, he lives the world. And the other one stays put and becomes a, probably a prior or an abbot or something. I'm condensing it very badly. It's a long time since I read it, but they're, they're two opposites. Do you go dancing through the world, loving what you see, enjoying everything, responding, or do you discipline yourself and become, you know, tight and structured? This seems to be like the, like we, we don't often say the word ketu here, but, you know, Ketu obviously being the other side of Rahu, mm -mm. that seems to be the sort of the extreme of both monks in that case, in your story, right? Yes. It's like, are we completely lost in the world or are we detached completely? And what, yes. what, is the, what does the middle look like? What does a balance weigh? Obviously, we know from your practice, it's hand on heart. Exactly. Right. This, this is the middle, the middle way. And as Rahu says... Um, sit rather in the middle of the house, love and understand the mystery of my dark secret ways. And Rahu, I mean, that poem, oh gosh, I have to get it uh, published. <laughs> uh, yes, please. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. But it's like that, you know, and, and the way of Rahu is not, it's not easy for the mind that is not surrendered into the heart. And the only way to get through the intensity of the of the intense Rahu periods when you are really under the, the rule of Rahu is to let go into the heart. We cannot, we cannot be whiter than white. We cannot, you know, that, that idea that I should be here and do no harm. Well, I go out and I breathe and, and I breathe bacteria and they, do they die or do they become me? When I am everything, what harm? Mm. You know? The idea of eating meat, not eating meat. If you walk on the grass, you you kill a thousand little creatures. That seemed that really has struck home that that what you just said there, because of course, whatever when realizing we're all of it, and of course Rahu is the break off part where we we don't realize we're all of it. It's that part we don't mm -hmm. realize we are, right? And he's in like he's stealing the nectar of immortality to the Asura becomes a God and the, the whole idea of the union of opposites, this game of the uniting of the opposite, nothing is what it seems to be. It's the constant play of how can the absolute become the, the, the littlest, nothingest, how can it become nothing? How can it become nothing? It is nothing to begin with, and it all comes out of the nothing. Like Purna, Medam, etc. How, you know? Mm. How? How? And yet it wants to. 
if, if you could say that about the absolute, it wants anything. It's desire, it's love moves to become everything, even its opposite. And this is what the whole of the Song of Rao points to. I am famine, rape, and the scavenging dogs of war. And still I am the divine beloved. Still I am that I am. I am all of this. And we're here to realize that and still play. And still play in the sun pit. Still explore. We haven't, I, my sense is that we haven't begun yet. We're getting to the point of the realization. What will I do with this story world? as I realize ever more this union of opposites, this nothing and everything, what will I, what, what is humanity? What can it be? What, what is it moving to become? That's what excites me. This is very, this is so important to hear because of course, when we realize that we're all of it and that we can still play in the sandpit, like you say. Yes. Right? Yes. And whatever we do then, we, we do, but we realize that actually we don't have to. We're all of it. We're all of it. We don't have to, but we still choose to. So you can't put a child in a sandpit and say, play. <laughs> no, <laughs> play. That's your command. You are supposed to play. Mm. But we're here. We're the dance and cut me down and I leap up high. I am the life that will never, never die. So all of the chaos that's happening in the world, the, it's coming out of the woodwork. You, know, you think, oh yeah, the ship's sinking. It's not, nothing can ever sink it. And the way through what we are experiencing globally, uh, individually, is simply to fall ever more into the heart, the game and the magic of slipping through the cracks you're in a tight corner, think, oh, oh, I'm going bankrupt. Oh, my, my, whatever it is, the loss of everything. There is no loss. There cannot be a loss. Anything that's ever been dreamt or imagined cannot disappear. It does not. So death cannot be a reality. It's an experience. I'm interested to see. What I have seen in my, in my inner vision, I'm ex interested to see what it's like when we have full knowledge of being the absolute and the, and the little shape-shifting thingy, whatever we are, <laughs> at the same time. I mean, the, the mind in separation is blown at the thought. Mm. Do you think that someone who has that realization would also drop this idea or this desire, this ambition to again, be somebody to achieve something great in the world, to leave their mark. I, I, my sense is that the, the destiny, let's call it the Dharma of every single being is, is already written. It, it, the answer is the fullness, the plane. We, we are already that. And so the, 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 the thing that keeps the brakes on, the fear, if you like, the, 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 even the great fear that, that people attribute to Rahu, it, it isn't a reality. And when there is no fear, when we have the brakes off and we allow the brakes to be off, what, 
what could we become? What, what is humanity ultimately? Because it already is. It, there's no time. I mean, prior, we were speaking before, prior to space-time, prior to this bubble, what are we? And when the, when those, um, what should we call it, the, the, the skin or the shape, the barrier, the threshold, if you like, between, let's say, embodied life and disembodied life, it doesn't exist outside time. It's a continuum. To be able to to play in the play in the in the playground and and go back to resting in the heart, but it's not even go back. It's a continuum. Already, we are always, always, already what we are. Um, as those as those little. Uh, thin film, once my being said, it's a thin film on the surface of this vast pulsating living emptiness. That's one of my earlier poems. And, and I go back to my own poetry that's written from that state of knowing because it became like my Bible. I would go, oh, oh, I see. It's a thin, it's almost not there. It's like the skin of, 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 of the the, the membrane on the surface of water, it's, it's, it's not really there. You just touch it and there is no membrane and yet there appears to be something which holds that, that water coherent. And it's like, we are like that water poured out. Mind in separation doesn't know. And it's, it's not that it's wrong, it was great. It's, it's, it's wonderful to experience the littleness and they have to be, have to be these, um, what should we call it, membranes, these thresholds. But I love that image you used about um, the film on top of the water, but when you go to touch it, like, it's not there, but then yet something is holding that together in that shape. Yes, that yes, yes. And yet it's flowing, it's moving. It's like, again, like Rahu, the shapeshifter. Yes. I'm curious. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about... You, you can't dissolve all shape because because otherwise we wouldn't be playing in the in the in the sandpit we wouldn't be here if there weren't some kind of shape mm. but but the the things where the where mine comes up against um a closed door for example like alice in wonderland you know mm. Mm. we have the door closed what is fun is to be able to shrink myself to fit in the door or to 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 invite my thought to make the, the door bigger so that so that I want to play with I am playing with what we can call magical thought or it's not magical thought it's just the more I know my own identity the more the whole which is me responds to me and we were talking about at the beginning, yes, there's, there's the, the chaos that seems to be in the world, the disruption, the fragmentation. I can slip through the cracks. And that was what I was told 40 years ago. Uh, your destiny is to slip through the cracks in the manifest world. Of course, I didn't really understand it fully 40 years ago. What, what can that be? But a, blade of grass finds its way 
through a weak spot in the in the in the concrete or the cement that's been laid over it. And there's always that little, there's always a way through. Because we are, I am creating in some way, mostly, mostly still uh, unconsciously, but a lot of it more and more consciously. I'm interested to, to see the tipping point of humanity waking to what it really is and seeing how we resolve questions like cutting down the rainforest and, and, and global warming. And, I mean, it's all made up. I, I would hesitate to say it to some people because they would go, oh, it's obviously not made up, it's really happening. But how do we make ourselves believe that the dream we are having is really happening? You know, because mm. you have to play it as if it's real, but know that it's not. And all fear is gone. And you have people playing with them, um, with uh, lucid dreaming and, mm. and doing things in the lucid dream that prove that it, well, whatever it is they want to prove. It's all, it's all made up, and the more we play with that, the more we experiment with this, how far can I push the, the reality, you know? Can I really fly? But while one person has actually levitated, and we know that to be true, but they were not levitating by the power of their mind, but by... by consciousness itself lifting you it's the it's this incredible fun delight of and untangling from the cat's cradle one one thought that i have about uh, all of this is you know if we're if we're all of it and we have that realization and yet Mr. Frosty Breath comes in and says, no, you're not, <laughs> you're this. And actually you're not even this, you're a piece of, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's like, oh, you can't do that. You know, you're never going to achieve anything. You know, whatever it is, that, that voice, Mr. Frosty Breath. How do, we, but, how do we navigate all of that? Okay, so when it's feeling, when Mr. Frosty Breath or a diagnosis from, from a, an apparent external authority comes in, you have to go to your heart and go, is this what I would consciously, is this what my fairy godmother, my, 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 my Jupiter on the <laughs> standard would choose? Is this, what, is this what I would gift myself with? Do I absolutely love this? And, and keep expanding your, um, the field of what you're playing with by daring to dream big, by daring to, just daring, you know? I mean, I'm playing little games now with people about teleporting. Now we know that, uh, that um, appearing in two places at once is possible. I, I know because people have seen that happening with me and I am going to go into that story, but I haven't willfully from my from my conscious mind played with that yet, but I'm playing a little bit just within the same house, you know, so you don't scare yourself. Right. Well, you know what? I got a headset recently, right? My partner actually got a headset, you know, those VR headsets and we we're playing yeah. with it. Yeah. And when you put it on and you 
you you dis it's like you you go to this room this virtual room and there are other people hanging out there and you can literally walk up and say hello to someone and have a conversation and i'm like sitting in my room at home and i don't know where they are in the world and i'm like it's just mind-boggling in a way i don't know about this what is it it's basically like it's you know the latest technology and you know and actually it's probably not the latest technology it's the latest technology available to us who knows where that's going to go in the very near future but you pay you basically put on this headset you disappear into this sorry not disappear but you go into this virtual world you go into these different rooms you're literally by putting on this headset in the space like you just look around and you're like in that space wherever it is you choose you go to different rooms yes and other people around the world are going into the same room and they have avatars everyone is an avatar and you can literally walk up to them and say hello and have a conversation to this person who who knows where they are in the world yes well we can do that when we in our imagination we can do it as well how amazing i didn't know that existed i must have a little explore I well actually speaking of you know because i know you use facebook and facebook have you know you might have seen recently launched this metaverse so now they're no longer Facebook. Well, Facebook comes under the umbrella of Meta, it's called. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But the Metaverse is this, basically, you put on this headset and you go into whatever room. There are all these rooms. Eventually, you'll be able to go like shopping. You'll be able to go to a concert, do all of these different things in the virtual world. It's a bit, a, well, it reminds me of when I first heard of something called Second Life. Not that I played with it, but I had a little explore and people completely move into living in this second second life. And uh, they could earn money and talk to people. They have little avatars to play with. And I went, oh yeah, that's how it is. It's worlds within worlds within worlds. Hmm. It's amazing though, when you do put on the headset and you're in that world, how real it is, and even though for me, I almost feel like I need to just keep checking in with my body as I'm sitting there because I am in this different space in a way. It, it and you know the the but the guidances or the um, let's call it the uh, the gyroscope thing is is do you love it? Is it fun? Is it does it evoke your curiosity, your pleasure, your joy, or is it? Um, does it create tightness in, in, you know what I mean? Does, does it bring up fear? Does it bring that loss that I spoke to about that martial artist that I was doing exchanges with many years ago? Mm. He said, no, no, I want, I want to keep my identity that I've got. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to lose. I really like being a martial artist in this, at this time. And, and I don't want to be anything else. But if you look at, all the lives that people are living, all the different lives, the ones that are real, that are really loved and really consumed, they, 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 they do become real. But it's only that feeling, the love, the enjoyment, the love feeling mm. that makes it, you can't just imagine without some, that's what makes it real. And my feeling is that consciousness is here to make life in this form, in some some way, this form to make it real, because a lot of it isn't real. People, I mean, you look at people walking around the streets, and many of them are just robotic. Right, right. No, nothing there. They're not alive. That's the one thing that I can say for sure that this Rahu P 
period of my life has never ever brought is a sense of being robotic. And it's always been um, interesting. It's always been fascinating. It's been fun mostly. It's been sometimes really challenging, but even that I see as a kind of fuel for the later on opening and the creativity. Because yeah, yes, when, yeah. when I'm writing, when I'm creating or doing anything, I, I, I get a sense of what you're saying. I really feel the need to get into that kind of childlike sort of really playful state to create something. On the razor's edge, dancing on the razor's edge, that he says it's what I'm doing. Mm. That's, and I recognize that in you at the beginning when we first met, mm. that, uh, that challenging yourself somehow to, you know, mm. I used to think, how did I get down this pothole? whenever I got into a corner, a tight little space. But there's always a way through, but it's never through thinking it out. Mind is not meant for thinking. Mind only is useful when, really useful, when it's rooted in the heart. When, and even if it's something, um, I, I don't know, solving puzzles, it's for the joy of it. If it's not for the joy of it, for the pleasure, then it, it it's it tightens up the whole system. But you, you know when you're driving down that road that you 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 don't know and you kind of gone down to this slip road and then just really don't know and you're maybe by the coast and you're like oh this could like go off the edge at any minute or you know that kind of feeling of uncertainty yeah, 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 and yeah. nervousness around and you get contracted around this is uncertain and I don't know where I'm going. That also feels to me what Raho is all about and that I've tried to channel that into. You know, because it's like if you're on the leading edge, like you said, if you're on the cutting edge, well, like not a lot of people are there with you. You're looking around. Well, actually, no one is really there's hearing what I'm saying. And there really is nobody there. Well, there's nobody there. Right. So that's there's the scary nobody. thing about it. And then at the same time, you still have to go there and and enjoy it. Yes. yes. But it's scary. Yes. Yes, it, it, it is scary. And it stretches you. It widens you and widens you to... God knows where, and God does know where, or whatever God might be. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I remember the feeling I had one day, and of course I was Catholic and uh, very devoted um, to Jesus in my early years, and and I remember once being in. in I was getting divorced, and uh, it was a big breakdown of relationship. And I'm sitting there in the church looking at a statue of the Sacred Heart and praying or whatever. And it's all of a sudden, the heart hole opens up and said, go, this is not your place anymore. This archetype is dead for you, go. And I went right through out into the world. <laughs> once once um, later on, I met a born again Christian person who was helping me paint, paint the house uh, after my mother died. And um, she said, Jesus is saying, you've got to go back to him. I said, back to him I, I don't think I ever left anything I just I just went through it everything everything that seemed to be a, a solid separate I went through it and only by experiencing this repeated dissolution of doors and skins on water and things and allowing it is scary if, if the ground beneath your feet becomes no longer solid wow wow but by repeatedly experiencing it, I, there is a sense of, oh yeah, this is the way it's meant to be. 
this is it. And, and eventually I discovered that whatever I thought of was of Christ was a frequency. Ah, oh, and it was something, a state that I could choose. And so I never left anything. Mm. It's always become part of what I am. But you know, when you're out on that leading edge, on the cutting edge, and you are there like being the trailblazer, as you know, many people are when you think, well, everybody is at some point in their life, right? But when you really think about those kinds of trailblazers who have carved a path out for others, who have been a good example mm. of what it's like, like you, you are for me, mm. right? So you've had that experience and your perspective on Rahu has opened my eyes like no one, right? But you already knew it. You see? Yes, but I, yeah, but at the same time, and you did too at the time, and you know, and then those before you. But what I'm saying is that when you are on that leading edge, um, like, is that what it is? Is that, you know, you having to, in some sense, even though on some level you know it, on, on some other level, you don't, you're, you're uncertain, you're scared as hell. And you're like, is this, am I actually where I need to be? Is this, is this right? And then you, yeah, of course, it's always right. You see, you, you're the one that's dreaming the, the, the script, the, 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 the trailblazer, if you like. You already are everything. It's like Elliot, you know, uh, re returning to the place where you've started and knowing it for the first time. You didn't know it before you discovered it. You wear it, but you didn't know it that you wear it. It's like that, the, the, the Sufi words, uh, I, I was a hidden treasure and I wish to be known. I wish to know myself. And each one of us is that one, some, some, some individualized expression, a whole universe, each one of us. We already are it, we already are. But we're going through the experience here of not knowing in order to know it. Just, just a simple game of hide and seek. And it's very um, easy to say. But when, for example, so I, I, I get everything you're saying, but I'm, I'm thinking now of when you or I or anyone is doing anything that's on the cutting edge, right? And like our conversations over the last while of Rahu have, I think, been cutting edge. You know, even if I just frame it in terms of astrological conversation, you know, this is not the usual kind of conversation about Rahu, right? So there is a tendency when you're doing anything, let's face it, that's not the norm. That's a, you know maybe you're ahead of your time in some way to rub up other people the wrong way. Like I remember asking Pearl Finn years ago in an astrology class about Rahu. Um, asked her straight out, is it possible to do do Rahu, quote unquote, do Rahu without stepping on people's toes? And she said in a heartbeat, no, it's not possible. So what what about that then? When you when you meet with others who kind of you rub up the wrong way because you're trying something new you're out there doing something different and it's not the tradition it's not the norm it's like what are you what is that you know it's like the new tech right it, it, like even me putting on that headset the vr headset it's a bit scary it's a bit new it's a bit unusual right how do we stay in that state of knowing even though other people are reflecting back to us this sense of wait a minute really is it really you are you are local intelligence and you also are non-local intelligence you are the individualization of the absolute of everything in one little point in order to have this 
this this experience in order to expand love and to do that you have to um consciousness veils if you like temporarily the vaster self the magnificence of the vaster self but it's if you know and you go through lots of experiences like this you know that everything has to go ultimately all ideas about what everything is they they have to because for you to recognize and become the the the, the creator divine in form that you are for, for you to become that you already are it but to become it i can't imagine what that would be like i mean i am imagining it but i'm always always on the on that edge of oh what more what more and it's 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 that excitement that shape-shifting i remember reading carlos castaneda when i was about 18 and my father was a publisher and i used to get proof copies and i remember he gave me a, co a copy once or was it don juan or one of the early the early castaneda books I remember thinking, oh, this is this is this is not real. This is it. It took years for me to see. Well, yes, someone is describing experiences that they are they have had. It was it was a real experience, and it's possible. It's all of the things that we hear tell of in Star Trek or in in in, in other science fiction or stories of of great masters in India raising from the dead. It's all possible. It's all possible mm. to anybody, because one aspect of myself has 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 played with that, and every day it's something something more expand, expands. The very fact that we are having this kind of conversation that is almost impossible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And, and 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 we're not sitting in caves in the Himalaya and we're not sitting on great golden thrones in India. We are here. We are cutting edge ordinary. This this makes me this is amazing. This makes me think about this notion of cutting ourselves off from that, that we pinch it off and that we the more we pinch it off, it seems the more fear builds up. Because if you imagine like new tech, for example, and you are completely adverse to using tech at all, but all of a sudden you fast forward 10, 20 years and everybody's wearing tech and we're in living in this VR world. And mm -hmm. then you have never, ever jumped on board that. That would be really quite scary for you to go from non-tech to a completely VR existence. So it seems to me that Rahul yeah. is actually slowly pushing us forward little bit by bit that we can handle. Yes, exactly. And 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 the tech, the tech world, we can see that I, I don't know where it's going, but it's exciting. And we have to keep coming back to our precious bodies. So we can do as much tech as we want to, but in the end, it's customizing this ultimate piece of technology that or of biology or the beyond biology that we we, we exist in as ultimately we have our we have our body you have our mind and body itself is a hologram is holographic 
And the, the way to unravel it all of it is to look at where the feeling has got restricted in the body, the emotion and the belief systems and things. And it's all customizable. Ultimately, we don't know what we can become yet. I just feel like, you know, because sometimes, again, I, I always feel like I am on some level doing this. Um, of course you are. I purposely, I mean, like I'm, I'm purposely cutting off, like pinching off the source. Oh, right. And then to build it up, to build it up, to build it up, to build it up. It's like I'm, I'm working on whatever and it's like I'm just resisting this or whatever. And it's like building it up because I know that as soon as I let go, I step away from it for a while and I come back. It's, it's all there, all ready made. Yes, it's all yeah. already done. It's all already done, always already. Mm. Prior, prior to space time. I remember once going to the States all oh, many years ago now, and it's a, it, it, it's a completely different environment. And people were asking me questions and where I came from. And I go, well, um, before and beyond space time. My school sees <laughs> before and beyond space. It was as natural as that. You know, <laughs> but you have to keep coming back to, I have to keep coming back anyway, to looking at, at the bits where I, for some reason, do not know, like you're talking about pinching yourself off mm -hmm. in the body, to have some kind of place to explore. There has to be some, some area of expansion and the places where we don't know, or we don't seem to know, or we don't seem to know with our neural pathways, or the are the places where we have we have uh, deliberately um, cut ourselves off. This is where Rahu calls us. Come down this pothole, he says, and you will see what your mind has judged to be a dead end or a scary place is actually portal to magnificence. That's what he's saying in the poem. I mean, I keep going back to it now. I think, well, how did I write that? But I did. It wasn't some piece of what people call channeling. I was very conscious and aware of what I was writing. Mm. But there it is. And it was, well, I don't know, some things I can't even speak of yet. And in terms of the song of Rahu, do you feel like it is because that is something you wrote some years ago. Do, do you feel like it's come full circle or it's come to its time to be it's, put it's, out there? It's time for, for it to appear to be more widely known. Some of the, the points that we were talking about, like um, mm, well, some of the, some of the really uh, scary things in the world at the moment and that we mind shuts off because we have to have some kind of boundaries, some kind of, otherwise, it, 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 I don't know, it's, it's almost difficult to, to speak of it. Like, like we were saying the other day about, should, we, should, we, should I say that uh, Osho said uh, Hitler was a saint, for example, or anyone who takes on a shadow is actually serving the world. So every single expression of the world, even the most um, apparently obnoxious or impossible or unthinkable things are serving expression of consciousness. Mm. Like, like you're right talking about Tantra because some of the breaking of the, the rules or the boundaries of graveyards and sec 
Rahu calls himself the sacred sacrilege. What can you imagine what a sacred sacrilege is? For goodness sake, what is a sacred sacrilege? Hmm. The unnameable. Hmm. Bearing the unbearable, the unbearable too. We're being widened, we're being stretched beyond what. Uh, you think yeah. the song of Rahu is ready to be heard, therefore, in a wider context. It, it's it's ready for. Um, I I I I have guess in a way I have protected myself and and the words for a, a long time, but it's it is time for it to be delivered. But my sense of not wanting to publish it in the written form because you use a different part of the mind of the of the of the embodiment to listen and feel from reading with the with a different part of the brain mm. and why i i was not so keen about having some of it written because i change it slightly when i speak it mm. and um the sense of doing it as a as a as a, as a spoken vehicle rather than a, a written one mm. because it can be received more easily through the heart when i speak because i am the sound that i'm speaking i am that sound mm. and and some of the things that i know that i am and that i could say i'm not sitting in a in an ashram speaking these things when it might be more acceptable i'm speaking to select groups of people at the moment but actually it's all the sacred sacrilege you would you cut out of a, a horror movie would you cut the horrible bits out to make it to sanitize it right. so that so that people can actually watch the whole movie or do we select the bits that that mind judges are bearable because everybody that listening is already is already what they are. Their mind might not know it, but they already are. And yet, if you stretch something too quickly, it it breaks. It has to be expanded gently, you know, like giving birth. Mm. You you stretch the the opening to allow the womb to open and the baby to come forth. It has to it has to gently pulsating and stretching not just breaking it and seems there's been a lot of breaking in in society recently and i think maybe that's something we'll talk about with rahu in the 11th but yes. in terms of the breaking apart the divisiveness that's been apparent yes is this kind of rahu like it's almost like it's evolved things too quickly people are always like looking you know projecting onto the other group of people <laughs> who are the thing is, we always have to be, I go back to some of the words of the, of some of the scriptures, we have to be ready. We have to be ripe. And it behoves us to, to, to prepare ourselves. To, to have those, those little, little breakings, like when you're, you're, you're um, I don't know, exercising, you break little fibers of the muscles and then and then they heal and then they restore themselves. And it, it's just little, little breakings. So, but if you shatter completely 
then the the alchemical experiment is of dividing you know separatio e coniuxio dividing separating and then rejoining and then and constantly a constant process mm. of breaking like the waves on the ocean that's what we are like the wave rises it reaches a crescendo it breaks it shatters the form is gone but the new form is always coming behind it the, 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 it's just like the pulsations of birth that's the pulsations of the ocean the flow of the of the river the flow of the ocean so is it true to say then that the quite like divisive um disparate period we're living in right now the quite fragmented as you say period we're living in right now is actually in a way giving birth or will give birth to something else it's like the waves coming crashing back together again yes but it's constant and not no form the form will never disappear because we are the we're the pulsations so how do we make it simpler and easier for ourselves by very simple practices of of allowing the stretching allowing this the 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 simplicity of widening rather than the shattering fear and tightening is what actually causes us as the pain the 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 anguish shall we say the suffering not the pain i mean pain is just pain but suffering because we feel our world is falling to pieces the sooner that we can have a few more people can can hear everything is actually okay find your way to root your mind in non-local intelligence in the coherence the inherent coherence of everything it may look as if there's a chaos but the chaos that we are experiencing is the chaos of transition if you look at the chaos transition of a of a, of a, of a human baby being born there is a period when nobody knows what's happening. The tide turn, if you like. Mm. It's all all right. If there's one thing I could say, is relax, breathe, dance, move, nourish yourself in as many ways as you can find. Breathing, sounding, singing, dancing, color, enjoy. The beauty of this world go and look at nature relax and know that nothing nature is never spent as hopkins says there lives the dearest freshness deep down things always it always returns and we don't have to do uh, so much um bungee jumping you know we're, we're always on that the end of that thread if you like of the heart i remember asking once many years ago and i said oh, what am i doing here all, all this chaos and it said you're bungee jumping the destiny to be buried alive at the center of the earth but to rise again and we're constantly we are we are that phoenix energy rising just like the form of the wave of the ocean breaks cries apparently it's gone but it's not because we are we are the frequency, we are that ah, temporarily looking like a little particle, like a little object, but we, we, are, we are all of that. And we can shape shift back into, our, into our, that wave that we are, that 
uh, arising all the time. But it's no good listening to anybody saying this. It's experiment. Experiment in the difficult times and experiment in the easy times and find the way to relax and go into the into the pulsation, the non-local intelligence that everyone already is. And and it's no good me just saying it. I did I did think when what was it? Got to be 40 years or more or more, I don't know, I've forgotten how long ago. And I thought, oh, oh, I see the answer to everything. Oh, I have the solution to the whole world. I just go and tell them and I'll be redundant. <laughs> I was a bit naive at that time, but yes, that's how I thought one day. I saw the oneness, I saw, I saw everything's made out of filaments of light that I called candy floss, because it looked just like that and felt just like that. The womb wall, I used to call it, the womb wall of the of existence around me. <laughs> and I so naively thought, oh, I just got to tell everybody, and then everybody will know, and then no more fighting, no more. Oh. <laughs> well, actually, you you bring us into um, the next house of astrology when we will talk next time about Rahu and the eleventh in that. You know, the 11th is all about groups of people coming together and societies, communities and society at large and mm. how round the 11th can be really progressive. You know? Yes, that was going to be that's going to be fun, isn't it? That's really fun. Yeah, because it's, it's very much tied into Aquarius anyway, in the age yeah. of Aquarius in the sense of where are we actually all going with this? How do we combine with all of our individual experiences, come together and push things forward, you know? And in, in a way that we can all handle as well, in a way, that's what the 11th house is all about as well. Because the when... 11th house can also create a lot of, um, you know, issues when you're dealing with groups, right? Because everybody has their own ego, their own needs, their own desires. And then how do they all blend and mesh? I remember once, oh gosh, so many years ago, and uh, this in, by inner said, ego? Ha! Ego doesn't even exist. The idea of ego, I mean, there is individualization of consciousness, but the idea that, it, that ego has to be eliminated or, oh, everyone is an individualized expression. And the moment that the, the choice to stabilize the mind in the heart field, mind is illumined. And when mind is illumined, by what it is, then everything somehow automatically becomes harmonious, becomes everything has its place. Just like if you look at a hand and I want to put finger and thumb together, how does it do that? Am I the thumb? Am I the, I mean, there's some, there's some living intelligence, which is everything, which makes it fit together. But you have to root in that to know that. And when there's disconnection, finger and thumb don't meet. And then the neural pathways aren't wired up right. And we get, um, I don't know, muscular dystrophy or something. It's just a... Uh... Anyway, the, what I want to say about this particular thing we've been exploring, the 10th house, that becoming visible, 
becoming gloriously creative, becoming everything you desire, experiencing the desires of the, the four yogic flowers and fruits, Dharma, Arta, Kama, and Moksha, experiencing that is your natural inheritance. That is everybody's natural state. And when each one of us makes the choice to as far as we possibly can root mind in the heart, that's that transmits and the everyone that I am flows first of all in my life, in this particular ordinary life that I call mine, uh, harmoniously. And, and everybody that you come into contact with gets a knock-on effect, gets a, a high, if you like, contact high. But, but you, each individual has to choose to be discipled to the heart and automatically the, 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 the raising up happens because the wind beneath your wings is there, the heart. And everyone is, is automatically already what they are. No effort, carry the wind beneath your wings. So that is the, the one thing I would say at the end of this, how do we, how do we achieve our, our, uh, our magnificence, our full expression, our, uh, our career, our whatever, all of it. Is, is to find the way to keep taking every experience back to the non-local intelligence, to the coherence, to the heart field, and watch what happens. Make it your, your dedication to explore that, especially in the tight corners, because I tell you, the power that is released in the tightest corners is extraordinary. The union of big opposites, you know, resurrection after crucifixion, for example, it's just, anyway, that's my little bit. And well, that's my little bit too. So thank you so much for Kishori. As always, it pains me to end these conversations, but I look forward to our next one when we talk about Rahu in the 11th house. And we're approaching the end now, coming to Rahu full circle back to the 12th house, back into the first house to begin again. And so we have discussed perhaps doing something next year, 2022, on Rahu, uh, perhaps approach it in a different way. But I've really enjoyed this series, I have to say, with Rahu in all of the houses of astrology. Um, again, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Kishori, you can um, go to her website. It's magicmakeover.com. That's magic with a K-M-A-G-I-C-K hyphen makeover.com. My own website here is TimelineAstrology.com and you can get me on Patreon.com uh, as well to get daily posts. Um, I do a, a monthly forecast as well and monthly video um, horoscopes. All of that on Patreon.com forward slash TimelineAstrology. So please think about joining and becoming a supporter of Timeline Astrology and my work. Uh, it will really help me out. And I can keep doing these podcasts and videos and, and who knows what else. Um, I'm also releasing a magazine in 2022, as I have for the last few years. And uh, that's available for patrons in December 2021. Um, and it will be available for the public in January 2022. So check it out, timelineastrology.com. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening to this all the way through to the end. Hope you enjoyed it. 
and until next time.